Welcome back, everyone, to episode 50 of the Minot Business Podcast, presented by Bennett Creative Media. I'm your host, Ethan Bennett, and on the show today, we have one of my dear friends, Mason Kramer. Mason, how is it going today? Good. I'm doing good. That's what that's what I like to hear. Before we get into the questions, if you have not already, please rate and review the show. If you could take five seconds to leave us a rating and review, it really helps spread the word to new audiences and attract new guests for you guys each week. And I really appreciate that support. So let's dive right into it, Mason. Good to have you on the show. For people that don't know who Mason is, what is your elevator pitch? Um, I'm a photography teacher and photographer in Minot that uh, shoots for Minot High and Kind of freelance guy, really, and then for mine high. Okay, so we're going to dive into the whole business aspect of things. We're also going to go into the teaching side of things. And really what I want to dive into first is what was that first point? When did you decide to delve into the whole photography world? Um, when I was in high school, I was like into photography and um, I don't know. I always just had a camera around and okay. shot stuff. Uh, my mom always took pictures and... I liked like looking at family photo albums and stuff like that. So um. that's kind of what I was wondering because I talked to a lot of photographers and it's always an interesting story of how that photographer got into it. Because personally, I didn't know anything about cameras or photography or videography in high school. I was just like, oh, it's just a photography elective, right? But you knew early on that you were kind of into the photography world. Well, I didn't, I didn't think about it. This is as deep as I've gotten into it. Okay. Um, I went to Ryan. Bishop Ryan. And then yep. I took one class at mine at high and that was photography. Okay. Um, so it's like weird. I teach in that room now yeah. and like the kids always ask, you know, when I bring it up and stuff and, uh, Mickey Borkus is my teacher and I teach with her now. And, okay. Um, so that was the one class I took outside of Ryan. And then, um, I went on to college and I wanted, I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, mm-hmm. I went to St. Cloud pretty much. Just okay. try to be a football guy. Like I didn't yep. know, but I knew I wanted to do something creative. So I went into art and uh, I took just fine arts classes there and some electives and stuff. And it was good. Um, but then when I came back to Minot, I initially uh, wanted to be going to photography at, at Minot State. And um, one of my professors who I, like, I, I love the guy and he's a great guy, but um, like advised me against photography. So really? Yeah. He was like, don't do photography. Um, he's like, you won't make any money. So. Was he the photographer, like the photography, uh, what's the word in college? Te- Not teacher, pr- professor. professor. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's the word I was he, looking for. He wasn't, but he did some like, uh, graphic design type stuff. Okay. And, and, uh, I don't know. It, it wasn't like a thing, you know, that like don't do photography. It was just, mm. he wanted me to go into graphic design. So I picked up graphic sweet, design. Yeah. yeah. So I picked up graphic design and, um, I liked graphic design. I still do, but, uh, the photography classes were my favorite classes. Every, every one I could take, I took and, um, I ended up dropping graphic design too, okay. obviously. And I went, uh, I was coaching football and baseball and stuff and decided to go into art education. So kind of all within art the whole time. And, um, yeah, I ended up getting an art education degree and what becoming was a teacher. What was that pivoting moment? Like, was it just that the teacher would be more so of a, you know, sustainable, you can fall back on being a teacher and in case the freelance graphic design thing didn't work or what was the thought process there? Yeah, I think, um, I think, uh, teaching, I had this like in my mind that, 
um, I wasn't going to be able to f- afford like art supplies and stuff. So I was yep. like, oh, I'll become a teacher and I'll just <laughs> paint in the classrooms okay. and do like, they'll have the stuff I need. Yeah. So, um, and when I student taught, I student taught with Mickey Borkus too. And, um, she was doing all ceramic stuff. So I'm like on the wheel all day and stuff. And really, I liked that, but it, what I really wanted like down across the school was the photography room and mm-hmm. like every chance I could get in there when I was student teaching, that's where I wanted to be. So, um, okay. So when you were in college then how many photography classes were you taking? Was it a lot? No. Um, they, they offered a handful, but I took, um, digital photography, traditional photography. Um, so in traditional photography, that was, you know, we talked about like a, uh, kind of a pivotal point. Traditional photography was, I loved that class. So what do you mean by traditional? It just was like, just film. Um, okay. So like we had, I had a, like in a dark film room camera. Yeah. So, okay. um, I'd find myself like spending hours in a dark room. Um, but, the just, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it was a style of the class. Um, Ryan Stander was the professor and he would just like give me two rolls of film and see you next week yeah in college that's like awesome when (laughs) you like to shoot photos so yeah I would go downtown go around town um, and shoot okay cool so I don't have any experience in like traditional photography with actual dark rooms and real film now that it's all digital yeah um so once you graduated college you you went into teaching was your first teaching job photography at Mount High that graphic design class or how did that shape out yeah um there was a yearbook teacher at Mount High who was um it was her last year, my first year. Okay. So I kind of took over the yearbook stuff and graphic design stuff. And then there were so many kids starting to take photography at Minot High that there was like more opportunities for me to teach that. And I just. Because they're two separate it. classes, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's yearbook. Is yearbook and graphic design kind of mushed together? Um, Cause I didn't take any of these classes, which now yeah. being in the creative <laughs> field, I wish I had, I was taking yeah. accounting and uh, entrepreneurship, well, but uh, stuff paid off too. But, it helps, yeah. but it would have been cool to take like the photography class. Yeah. So it depends how many kids sign up for it. Um, okay. They've been like, there's a photography one, two, and three, but oh. um, not enough kids usually sign up for three. Mm-hmm. So they are kind of pushing those like photography three and some of the graphic design kids towards yearbook. Okay. Cause it's, we have to make a yearbook. Yeah. You don't have to have <laughs> photography three. That's true. So, okay. So then you obviously have uh, Mason Kramer. Is it Mason Kramer photo or Mason Kramer photography? Photography, oh, okay. but social media. I sometimes will just have like photo on there. Like okay. Instagram and Facebook are just photo. So when did this freelance uh, side business start compared to the timeline of your teaching the photography and yearbook classes? Was it after the same time? What did that look like? Uh, kind of the same time. Um, I started shooting that first year when I took over yearbook, I would go to like a football game and take photos and, um, and I didn't really, I mean, I had shot all sorts of stuff, but never like sports or, Mm -hmm. but I like always, I I coached and played sports. And, um, so I always was interested in that. Um, but when I started having to shoot events for yearbook that, I don't know that like journalistic style. Like I started to really like, and yeah. Um, yeah. So was there a pivotal moment where you're like, I want to start making money from this on the side or was it always just a passion thing where you just wanted to go out there and shoot? Uh, I would say mostly a passion thing. Uh, one thing is the other photography teacher at my high at the time, he had a 70 to 200 
okay. uh, lens that like I knew it was expensive. I didn't have anything like that. Um, and he kept offering, you want to use it? You want to use it? You're shooting more stuff than me. And I, yeah. I was like, no, I'm going to break it. And then I'll be like, I'm, I'm going to owe you. Yeah. I'm started teaching broke and I'm only three months into this or whatever. I'm not, yep. you know, and, uh, finally I took him up on it and it was for, I think a band concert or something. And, um, I think within like 48 hours, I'm like trying to budget out on the, <laughs> how know, can I get a photo? Yeah. I'm like, I need a new camera lenses. Okay. So it, it was kind of a game changer seeing that lens go was, to work. Was that Swenson? Yeah. Was? Okay. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, um, I, I was trying to think of his name the whole time, but yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, we all have that point where, especially in the photo video world where you experience a new piece of equipment and it's like, Oh my gosh, how yeah. can I get this? Because <laughs> for the people that don't know, photo and video world is not the cheapest industry uh, to get in. So as far as the teaching side, we'll kind of get into the photo side down the road a little bit, but as far as the teaching side goes, do you think it makes your teaching easier since you are passionate about photography and this whole aspect easier to teach these kids about it? Yeah, definitely. I think I can tell, um, you know, when we're making schedules and stuff for the next year, like I'm, I get bummed when I see like, Oh, I'm going to have to teach this class or whatever. And I don't have, like, I, I like the other art classes, but ideally I could teach photo all day. And yeah, like I, I'm, I love walking around the room and kids are editing stuff and I don't know. It's so easy. What do you like about sharing that with these students? Is it just kind of showing them the art of photography or what's probably your favorite part about that? Yeah, I think that, but also, because I shoot so much minor high stuff, like a lot of the examples and stuff are, you know, kids are like pulling out their phones, like Snapchat and their buddy, like they're, their buddy's an example from the football game okay. or the student section or whatever. And um, just being a part of the community and, you know, kids get excited about being in the yearbook and being on the photography example slides and stuff. And do you intentionally tie those two together? You're shooting a lot of the Mana High sporting events and that thing, and then you bring that into the classroom? Yeah. Um, I think being at the school is like the best benefit I have in being a freelance. And, yeah, you know, kids are in and out of my room asking me about senior photos or what game I'm shooting this week. Or Okay. So then now I want to pivot a little bit into obviously teaching and running a photography business, two different disciplines. How do you manage that? What are the differences of, okay, I'm going in to teach these kids and okay, now I have to figure out how to run this business on the side. Yeah. I think there's challenges that come with that. Um, when like some of my clients are like the students or their families, you know, and, um, kids will come in and be like, I, they see a picture like on my Instagram or something and they'll be like, you know, how do I get this one? Yeah dude, it's on the website. It's five bucks. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like arguing with kids, you know, sometimes about, you know, what, sometimes I'll send a kid a photo if it's like a, you know, a something Derek to set breaking the school record for yeah. points and stuff, like just sending the photo and okay. But, um, yeah, the bit, it helps my, my freelance in my business. Yeah. The teaching aspect of it. Yeah. Okay. So as far as the teaching goes then, uh, it's, it's obviously gotta be, you gotta be learning stuff while you're teaching. Have your students taught you anything where you're like, Oh, I didn't even think about that when you're teaching. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's one of those things. There's so many examples. I can't even like think of obvious ones, um, yep. but like uh, when Oscar was in school, okay, uh, he, like I started, he started shooting and within 
two months. I was like, oh, this kid's better than me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this, yeah. like th- some of the kids are so talented and, um, you know, creative and experiment with stuff and it works. And then I learn something and I try it. And so with Oscar, it's like the student has now become the master. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It didn't take long. <laughs> yeah. And he's a, honestly, he's awesome. Cause isn't he at some college now? Yeah. Uh, he's shooting. at Alabama. Yeah. That's yeah. not bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shooting uh, Alabama football games. Yeah. Um, sweet. So what do you think the importance of the exposure to the arts is for these students? Because like I said before, I wasn't exposed to a ton of this. I took like, ceramics one at central and i think i made uh, this pot and, but i didn't have a huge exposure to the art side do you think it opens doors to kind of show them that there are career paths in the arts whereas some people might say don't go into the arts because there's no money in it yeah there's i tell kids all the time that you know there's super talented kids in my classes and I ask them what they're gonna do and most of the time it's i don't know I'm like well yeah go to school for art or start being a freelance something, you know, make photos, videos, whatever, whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. start making it and get better at it. And people will probably start paying you for yeah. it. So, so is that how it started for you? Did you kind of just start doing it and then people started paying or did you go into it thinking, I think I can make money with this or is it just, Hey, I'm taking photos. And then some people came up and they're like, Hey, shoot my family pictures or shoot this yeah. sporting event. A little bit of both. I would go, um, you know, I'm on like a contract for yearbook and then mm-hmm. I would go cover stuff to make sure we had coverage for the yearbook. And then somebody would like reach out and say, Hey, can you make sure you get to like senior night or mm-hmm. we'll pay you to do an extra game or something? And then, you know, I started building a website and putting prices on it and stuff. Yeah. And, but it, it, it started with me just shooting stuff for school and um, for fun and then people seeing work and reaching out so it started it stemmed from that passion and then you're like yeah. man people are reaching out and they're like well they'll pay me to do this so that's yeah. when you kind of figured out i need a website yeah and i that's and even now i'm like the passion of shooting and doing photo is still yeah number one isn't yeah. it weird that you can just get paid to do something you do for free yeah that's the like i and i still do stuff for free and um I, but i like the, the passion of photography like doing that is I just like going out on a you know, Friday night football game atmosphere. It's awesome. So I want to pivot it again into uh, the not specific niche you go into, because I think you do families and seniors and kind of everything, but I, I think you like to focus on sports. Am I correct? Yeah, I, I like the sports probably the most. Um, and I, I'll shoot every pretty much everything. But, um, yeah, I definitely like doing the sports. And I... I would like to do some more artistic stuff and um, try stuff with studio lights and different, okay. but I'm just so busy all the time and mm-hmm. it's hard excuses. to make excuses. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. So you're, you're in the sports industry. Do you think that's because you, you grew up playing sports and it just kind of was a natural fit? I think so. I think, uh, I think it helps to kind of know what the sport that you're shooting um, when you're shooting it. That's what I was going to ask. Cause you're out there shooting, you know, swimming and yeah. all these different things that you might not really know about. Did you have to learn those? Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm an expert in swimming or diving or, yeah. but I just ask questions, you know, like there's, I'll just ask whoever's standing there, you know, what's that? Yeah. When he puts his arm up, what's that mean? Or what's, mm-hmm. so I've definitely learned, um, I'm, you know, been to all different types of sports now, everything from football to dance cheer everything do you have a favorite is it football 
Um, no, because you grew up playing football and you went to yeah. college for football, Fo- right? Football has always been like my favorite sport, but okay. shooting it, I don't know. Maybe I like hockey, I think. Yeah. And basketball. They're okay. just, it's constant and mm-hmm. it's a little bit tighter in there. So I suppose um, football might be kind of hard because it's one play every yeah. 30 seconds. So, okay. And if you guy gets tackled in between, like in the D line or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, Boring. Not, not a lot of good shots. <laughs> 25 yeah. people. And it's like, okay, cool shot. Yeah. We're hockey and basketball. We're like fast paced and there's always action. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think it's sweet when like even hockey, if you get, you know, a D man taking a slap shot, that's a solo shot. Generally, yeah. you know, basketball player, if Derek Cassette hits a three or something, yeah. those are cool as like solo images. Yep. As far as how you approach shooting, you know, a live sporting bet, is there a process that you go through? Like, Hey, I need to get these you know, staple shots and then you go creative after that for different angles or what's your approach to shooting, you know, a live event? For me, I think my approach is that I'm going to try to get one shot that stands out. Okay. Like the shot of the night type Mm -hmm. thing. And, um, and I shoot all night then. So then I have like 200 images or hundred, you know, a thousand images to go through, but I narrow that down to a hundred or whatever. Okay. But I'm looking for that one dunk the one big hit in the hockey game whatever yeah and you get all the others along the way so how do you do you have any tips and strategies to make sure you get that moment is it always just being ready yeah uh always shooting like i one thing i always tell kids at school is to continue to shoot like after the play um you know a guy scores a goal continue to shoot don't stop because you never know the the celebration might be the best part yeah you know the dunk and the flex might be the best part so When I was first shooting, I'd like the big play would happen and I'd take the shot of the big play and be like, oh, that was cool. <laughs> Put your camera like, oh, down. You know, that's now he's celebrating. That's yeah. the best part. You just so, missed the cartwheel. It just did across yeah. the middle of the court. So keep shooting. Always be ready to shoot. And then put yourself in positions where like when I get to an event, I'm looking for like a clean background where I can be at an angle where, you know, I'm thinking this person scores a lot of goals from this spot. This person okay. um, find a, a background that might look good with that. So do you kind of have to do research on these sports then to kind of figure out those moments? A little bit. Or do you just have a general idea from going to them? General idea from going, um, just talking to people and uh, showing up to the venue early. Okay. Looking around, stuff like that. I suppose you don't want like some weird construction pole behind. Yeah. And sometimes you get that and it is. Blur out the background. (laughs) (laughs) So shooting live events, it's got to be, I know I've shot a couple uh, photo wise way back in my heyday. Um, but there's gotta be some tips and tricks to get these moments captured because it's, it's very fast paced, high intensity. How do you capture this? Are you just cranking the shutter speed and adjusting for that? Or how do you, well, I've kind of, um, like I set the buttons on my camera in a way that works for me. Okay. Um, I recommend my Canon. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I, I have a button on the back of my camera that's eye autofocus. And then my regular shutter is, um, just like, it's like a general center focus. Okay. Um, so obviously the settings for sports, you know, and then, but that eye autofocus, if I do get a clean look at somebody, I'll press that and then it'll change the focus mode and pop to their eye. Uh, yeah. And you can get some like clean, you know, really crisp shots doing that. So some little hints and tricks like that. Um, okay. But, and just shooting a lot, like go to eight basketball games in a row. Yeah. You're bound to get a couple. And then I suppose you figure out what works best. Cause that's what I was yeah. going to say, you know, shooting events and then you figure out a way to do that. How do you change your 
photographic style and approach when then, okay, now I'm going to go shoot a family or I'm going to go shoot a senior, whatever it is. Yeah. With football, this fall was the first time I started kind of editing football differently. And then I would do, I did a few family sessions. I was like, you know, the linebacker looks a lot better with that type of editing than this family does. So, um, and I, I kind of always have liked my photos to be a little bit brighter and um, I like color and, um, but definitely a little bit softer with portraits and people and, so we're going to dive into your editing style and maybe how you find that a little bit. But before we do that, we're going to hear from this week's sponsor, Midco. Is your business moving up and to the right? Put Midco's business technology to work for you so you never have a slow day at the office. From premium internet and phone plans to custom private networking and advertising, they have a solution for every type of business, large or small. Get paired with an account representative to create your suite of services and make the switch with ease with dedicated business client fulfillment and support teams. No data caps, flexible contracts with month-to-month or long-term options, built-in DDoS protection, and more. Explore services and request a free consultation at midco.com slash business today. I've been a Midco user ever since I started my business. I love it. I say it every week. If you guys haven't yet checked out midco.com slash business, go give it a look. Check out the services they have, and you can request a free consultation there as well. All right, Mason, let's get back into the questions. So we talked a little bit about your editing before the ad read. How did you find your style of photography? You know, not specifically the shooting side, but the editing side. Did you just go through a lot of different editing styles and keep practicing or what did that look like to find your style? Yeah, I think, um, I think just looking at a bunch of other people's work and kind of figuring out what I liked about their work and what I didn't like in some work and then looking at my old work and seeing what I didn't like. Okay. Uh, Looking back at old work is one of the, (laughs) I hate doing it. (laughs) Mostly I would say, I don't think I liked any of them. So I (laughs) changed. So, um, but I, I found out pretty quick, like bright, I like, you know, bright images and, um, some vibrance. And so, and I, I think I, I also thought early on that I was like, Oh, I have to figure out my style and then I'll like that. And that's what I'll do. Yeah. But, like I just keep changing. So I, I mean, and it it's small. Yeah. It's ever changing. It's like small tweaks here and there. And, um, so I don't, I don't think there is like a end of, you know, this is what I am. Or this, this is how me. I do it. Yeah. Cause I talk to a lot of photographers and they say, you know, I wish my, I wish my pictures looked like this person's. I wish it looked like this. How do you get over that hurdle of comparing yourself to other photographers and realizing that your own way you know, is, is just as good as the way that you wish you strive or you wish you strive to be like that other person. Yeah. I think just, you know, continuing to, to work on, on your stuff and, um, you know, finding that one shot or whatever from the shoot that you really think like, I nailed that one. That was, that one worked, you know, and I know what I did there, but I got to do that again. (laughs) Yeah. So I think just knowing that it's a ongoing process and that, you know, you're going to get better and, um, and sometimes you have really good days. So, yeah. And what I like to tell people is specifically, if you're looking at an Instagram, you look at someone's Instagram, it's like, Oh, their Instagram looks awesome. I love the way they shoot. You're never going to like your own Instagram as much as you're going to like someone that you admire. That's oh, yeah. personally how I feel. I don't know about you, yeah, but definitely I will go on somebody's 
you know, some guy who's shooting pro sports or college and, you know, I'm like, oh, that, that looks so good. Their whole, yeah. you know, and even uh, like Oscar is one of those where um, he's kind of like really consistent in the way he puts content out there and it looks yeah. really nice and his editing looks awesome. And that's almost an art on the side to keep everything yeah. consistent. Yeah. So you can do photo, but then when you mush it all together that your last year looks cohesive. Yeah. That's what I really appreciate. Yeah. If you had to give some advice for maybe a student that's just getting into the photo world or maybe even an adult that's trying to switch careers into the photo world, what would be some advice you'd give them on starting out? Um, I would say if you like really want to dive into it, just be ready to work hard at it and um, that it's going to take a lot of time and effort and money and um, money for yeah. sure. <laughs> so um if you're going to dive in, dive in, you know, cannonball or whatever you want to, oh, yeah. don't dip your toe. So, and shoot as much as you can. Um, That's the one thing I learned is when I was starting video stuff is shoot as much as humanly possible. I was pretty much a yes man. It's just like, I'm going to shoot everything. If they want me to shoot this fashion show, awesome. If you want me to shoot a corporate video with a dentist, awesome. Because I feel like you learn so much when you're shooting different things. Yeah, you you pick up all sorts of different stuff when there's different scenarios and lighting. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's how I, I still pretty much am like that right now. And I'd like to get a little bit less like that where I'm not just shooting everything, mm-hmm. but I, right now I'm shooting ton like, you know, everything from sports, weddings, family. Yeah. But, We're going to talk about your goals and ambitions at the end of the show. So make sure you guys stick around for that. But you mentioned money. Do you have any cost effective advice for people starting out like what did you start out with is it good enough in the beginning or what would you suggest as far as because it is a an expensive industry to get into and maybe they have a limited budget yeah i would say you know we've mentioned it a time or two here but the glass is important if you're gonna decide on a body or glass get the 70 to 200 if you want to go shoot hockey and basketball or whatever yeah um and then there's a lot of good cameras that are you know you don't have to jump into an r3 or an Mm -hmm. r5 you can um, an r8 right now is like an awesome camera that is a fourth of the price or whatever of an r5 so there's do your research youtube it like there's so many videos on the every camera if you just so that's one thing i do when i buy a piece of camera equipment i will watch every single video read every single article online about this and be like okay now i can make an educated decision whether i want to buy this or not yeah are there any specific pieces of equipment that you would suggest that make your life easier this is maybe more so video side i could recommend some things but is there anything photo side that's like man i wish i had this when i started yeah i was editing on a laptop that just couldn't handle r5 files yeah and i got an ipad that just like so fast and editing on there is awesome okay um, so my process you edit everything on the ipad then yeah i mean nice. it, it honestly sped it up by apple like pencil or no hours and hours. yeah so it's just super easy and quick and um it's sped up like probably 10 times i would say yeah. is when i sped it up so and i think the one thing that i'm still trying to figure out is and i didn't think about this until i got that ipad is the color on that screen is different than any other screen that I've seen my work on. So I'm like trying to figure out settings for screens and I don't know, maybe we could talk about that a little later off. 
We'll we'll but, come back. We'll yeah. have you on for episode 100. You can be 50 <laughs> and then 100, and we'll talk about, hey, did you figure out that iPad yeah. screen yet? That's one thing I've uh, ran into, actually, is editing videos. I'll edit it on my computer, and then it looks good there. The color grade looks good, and then a client will post it on Facebook. I'll look at it on my phone, and I'm like, the hell does it look so dark for? Why, why do the highlights look so blown out? And I don't know if that's just compression from these social platforms, but... But yeah, yeah, even just transferring photos like onto a computer screen or my phone screen, it, uh, I do, I see differences and I never thought, I, I knew like printers, you know, if you yeah, print something, it might look different, but I never thought it would be that different from screen to screen. So do you then just import it onto a computer and then it syncs Lightroom to your iPad or what does that process look like? I actually um, just have like the Canon app on my iPad and hook up the camera through that. Oh, like Bluetooth and just go through that. Then I have an external hard drive that can plug into the iPad. And oh, really? I didn't even know they made right that. That. hard drives like that. Yeah. So I don't know. It's you've you've really streamlined this. Yeah. This is the first time I'm talking to an iPad editor. Here. Yeah, the, the iPad is. And I think I saw a YouTube video um, that they were like using Premiere Pro or something on it. Yeah. And I was at the point where I was like photos were going so slow on my computer. So I was I'm just going to get one of those and see. Yeah. And it's been awesome. Yeah, and that's one thing people might neglect if they're in the creative side. So if you're going into the creative side, don't neglect this, is that your computer almost matters just as much as the stuff you're shooting on. I was trying to edit 4K videos on my old laptop, and it was like one of the worst experiences ever. You buy a new Mac Studio, and it is like butter. So once you experience, I'm sure you experience this with the iPad, once you experience the better workflow, it is just smooth. It makes your life so much easier. Yeah, way better. So time management, you obviously have teaching career, uh, photography career. They're obviously intermingled a little bit, but do you have any productivity hacks to make things more efficient, to make processes more efficient? I know you talked about the iPad, but is there anything else yeah. that you use to streamline things? Um, I mean, I, the website that I put my stuff out on and... Um, How do you... What website uh, platform do you use? Because I see a lot of photographers, you can like sell your... Yeah. Stuff on that, right? Yeah, I'm on Wix right now. And I Wix, actually okay. think I just talked to Oscar the other day. I think I'm gonna switch off there. I got a message from them the other day that was like something about there's no longer a limited storage. So I'm having I'm gonna have to pay like thirty four dollars a month for Ooh. anything over a hundred gigs or something. And I'm like I looked I'm like I have four hundred and fifty gigs <laughs> on here. So it's not good. Yeah, so I'm so gonna have to get off there. What is he using? WordPress? Or um, is that another it, thing? Pixie set. Okay, uh, yeah, Pixie set. That's one too. Yeah, okay. That's what he's on, and I think I'm gonna have him help me out with that and yeah. try to transfer Is over. Is it kind of cool that your former student can yeah. now help you out with the, <laughs> yeah. your business? Yeah. And Oscar actually, he didn't even. This is what's crazy about Oscar. He didn't even take the photo classes. He wanted oh, really? to jump to photo two, and they wouldn't let him skip photo one. And he had you know, like he's shooting an R5 with a. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure he can skip the photo one, but <laughs> he's in there and he's so, like, this is what the aperture means. Yeah. yeah. Te- you want to teach the class? <laughs> yeah. He's like, guys, I could teach photo too. It's fine. Yeah. So what are going then into the class a bit, little bit, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see from beginners? How can they um, you know, maybe shorten that learning curve? I would say, I mean, this might be like too simple of a thing, but white balance is like, Oh yeah, it's huge. Number one on the when I'm walking around the room and see all the computers. Everything's oh, yellow. Yeah, I'm like everything's different, you yeah. know. Like so white balance. Um, and the kids who figure out start figuring white balance out, their work 
automatically like looks awesome mm-hmm. when we do like critiques and stuff. So that's one of the big things in video, which they're pretty much the same thing that I used auto white balance for the longest time. And I'd be filming a gimbal shot, walking through a room and it goes from 5,600. Now it's 3,200 and everything's warm and then it's back <laughs> to cool. I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah. And white balance can change an image so much. Yeah. Cause if you can make it look like, you know, your black uh, pullover is actually black and this white poster is actually white. It just feels more natural to the eye. Yeah, definitely. So that's, yeah, one thing, if you're getting into photo, make sure you figure out that white balance. Stop using auto white balance. Is there any tips you have related to, you know, lighting, composition, um, as yeah. far as that goes? Yeah, I mean, when I teach the photo one class, that whole class is basically based on composition. I call it just compositional techniques. Okay. Things like framing, real thirds, leading lines. Um, What's a spiral one? That's like the golden. The golden. Rule. Yeah, yeah. We don't get too deep into that, but I don't even use that. Yeah, it's kind of similar to rule of thirds in some ways, and but mm-hmm. we do all these like compositional technique projects, and and that stuff is important. But I think my favorite work is when people just have like a really good eye for what they're seeing and yeah, um, something interesting. And that's you have to learn the basics because i have a lot of people ask me about video stuff how do i shoot this how do you frame this you just learn the basics and then that's when you can start to bend and break those rules i know in interviews you're supposed to have the looking room wherever the person's looking more space to that side of the frame but then i'm sitting there watching 9-11 documentaries and their face is right next to the edge of the frame and i'm like oh that's giving me a weird uncomfortable feeling yeah and you wouldn't know that until you start to actually break these rules but you gotta know the rules first yeah definitely that's yeah, when you know the rules, then you can, you know, that creative freedom to break them is. And I'm sure you've had that in some sporting events where you're just a bunch of empty space above whatever it might be. Yeah. So looking ahead, what are some goals, ambitions you have for the photography business? Are you trying to take it one way or the other? Um, I don't know. I've, uh, I, I can't decide right now if I want to continue teaching or if I want to go try to do more photo stuff if I want to I don't know if I ever I don't know if I can deal with the stress of just having it all be on me like I, I would yeah. like to have a you know I like a job shooting for a professional sports team would be mm-hmm. yeah because really I think cool. we we're talking about must have been a couple of weeks ago Kansas City Chiefs right yeah yeah or some lady I knew that worked for the Chiefs and then yeah. we we're gonna figure out a way to get that because yeah is that kind of the end goal is to work for a professional sports team or would be cool maybe yeah maybe that would be a goal of mine but i don't it wouldn't break my spirits if i didn't yeah you know i'm gonna shoot the jv basketball game too i like that too so yeah it's cool that i like where you're going about not having the stress of okay i gotta find a job every week to pay the bills whatever it might be and being able to shoot photo full-time for something and also have that recurring paycheck yeah and i that's i do like teaching Mm -hmm. and i like i I really like teaching photo. Yeah. So as long as you can keep teaching photo, if they push you over to ceramics, you yeah, might just might, go yeah. like I'm working for the twins. Now, I damn can't it. do ceramics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so is there, you know, if you had to say your dream shoot, whether it's an event or it's a person, whatever the subject is, what would be your dream project? Like I got to shoot Patrick Mahomes or I got to shoot a Brad Pitt. Yeah. What would it be? Do you have I, anything in mind? I think an NFL game. Like, okay. you know, like I've, I said, football wasn't my favorite, but it's my favorite sport. Yeah. So just being in that atmosphere, I think would be cool. And shooting an NFL game would be like a, a peak moment for me. Do you have a specific team or matchup that you'd want to um, see? I like the Steelers. That's my favorite team. Okay. I don't know if I would even care if it was the Steelers or any team. I, 
So if you had to pinpoint the shot that you would want, would it be a wide receiver touchdown? Would it be a, you know, a hurdle of a running back? What do you think it would be? Yeah, maybe something like down the goal line, like a running back, like jumping over the pile type. Oh, thing. that'd like be a, sweet, actually. Yeah. Sticking his hand yeah, over. Yeah, like a touchdown. Like you Kirk could, Cousins? You got the shot. <laughs> yeah. We could get uh, Kirk Cousins for a QB sneak. Yeah. Um, any, you know, genres of photography that you're interested in getting, getting into? Underwater photography? Um, I yeah, I think, I don't know. I think it's interesting you say that because I've been, I just ordered, I haven't shot film since that um, traditional photo class I took. I just ordered five rolls of film. Okay. I'm going to bring that camera back out and I'd like to shoot more just kind of like artistic portraits and edit them in almost a crappy way. Okay. Like just something that not, I wouldn't say a crappy way, I guess just like, I don't know, something that isn't uh, like that just color digital, contrast clean, yeah. digital. Yeah. Something that doesn't look great on the Instagram feed or whatever. Do you ever print off your, like a full size picture like this or no? Yeah. So, um, I printed the student art show was a couple weeks ago. Okay. I had a hundred roll foot of paper on a printer we have. And it's an old printer, but it does an okay job. And I just like made a hundred feet of Photoshop. Like, Oh yeah. You know, it wasn't all in one Photoshop document. It really yeah. crashed my computer, but <laughs> I was like doing the math of all the students work. And I just like put a photo in here and there. Cause I got a kind of a wall in my room too, of like tons of photos and Okay. It's cool to see it printed. Yeah. That's what I like about, obviously you can't get video like on the wall, but if you have a sweet shot, whether it's a sporting event or maybe you got a sweet shot of a mountain or whatever it might be, it's cool to see it on the wall. Yeah. It's awesome to, you know, see it being printed. Mm -hmm. It's like a giant mural. hundred feet. So did you guys print that then? Yeah. We printed all hundred feet of uh, the paper. We ran out actually. So where did you guys put it or did they take it home? So. Um, we just like mad them all. And then the kids, they display them at the art show. And some okay. people like some kids sold a bunch of work and so, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. That's cool. Making money in high school. Yeah. Um, last business or last question I got for you, Mount Rushmore of business advice. What would you tell the people that are getting into it? They're trying to run their own thing. Maybe they're just getting started. What would you say to them? Four pieces of advice. Um, I would say number one would be to just work, work hard. Like that, um, hard work can, take you a long ways when you're, even if you're unsure, hard work. Okay. Um, There's one. I would say when you're working with like a client, just to be kind of try to make their experience not above and beyond, but like just be nice and flexible with them and just yeah. be kind to your clients. Um, I would say f- finding something that you're really passionate about, not just, you know, like I liked ceramics and painting, but yeah. I didn't ever want to do that. Like I want to do photo. So um, something that you enjoy the process as much as the product, because if you enjoy the process, it's just makes your life way yeah. better. So I like that. There's then, three. I need one more. Um, One more. Let's see. Enjoy the process more as much as the product. Put that on a t-shirt, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, last one would be maybe. Uh, man, I don't know. Um, any technical advice that you yeah, wish you knew? that's kind of what figure I would, out your taxes. That's kind of what I was website. thinking is, um, yeah, I have friends who do taxes. That <laughs> yeah. Do I would say, um, yeah, get your, get stuff going early on, like a website and your social media and stuff out there and, um, just be available to, for people to see your work. If you're going to do, especially if you're doing something creative, um, 
That's what it, I think that's what it boils down to is people seeing it. Cause I'm sure yeah. word of mouth is the biggest thing for you. Yeah. And social and, media. Yeah. Word of mouth at school and social media is like that. The school helps me a ton being yeah. around all the sports and seniors. And Cool. All right, Mason, thank you very much yeah. for coming on the show. Where can people find you? Uh, Instagram, Facebook, sort of Twitter. I'm falling behind on Twitter, but, <laughs> um, uh, Mason Kramer photography.com is, well, might be switching might be soon, switching for now if, for now yeah if it just just check the description below yeah. when he switches it we'll switch the link but you guys yeah. can find all of that in the description below uh go check out what mason does and uh maybe come have him take some pictures of you mason thank you very much for coming on the show yeah thanks thanks for having me that is episode 50 of the minot business podcast the whole 50 episodes guys we appreciate guys and gals we appreciate you listening to all 50 episodes here's to uh 50 more and we will see you guys next week for episode 51